Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, and happy Wednesday, December 13, 2023. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, I'm Steve Schultz, founder, along with my wife of uh, both the Elijah List here, the written portion, and you're watching ElijahStreams.com. So we are in year 26 of bringing you the voice of prophets. Plus, we also do, like today, Prophets and Patriots, a segment of that where we were bringing on a patriot. In this case, a gentleman named Fernando. We're withholding his last name by request, uh, who is very much involved in actually rescuing children or adults that have been trafficked. So uh, that's what this show's about to be about. So if that's a strong interest of yours, grab some pencil and paper. We're even gonna show you at the end how you can take a a course or a mini course from Fernando on how to recognize those being trafficked and different things. We'll we'll ask him all about the details of that. So before we bring Fernando on, we're gonna go ahead and remind, uh, remind you of the wonderful wells that you're helping uh, drill not just in Uganda, but in about seven or eight different African countries, and now the USA as well. So uh, without further delay, here's why I say that this is about a woman named Rose. Here we go with that. In the midst of Rose and her friend Kamiati's joyous celebration of the drilling of a new water well, a painful memory from Rose's past comes to mind. Both Justine, Rose's daughter, and Amina, Kamiati's daughter, would routinely get up early in the morning in order to make the trek to the closest water source. As the girls were collecting water one morning, Justine ventured too far into the deeper water and tragically drowned. It's been seven years since Justine's untimely passing. There hasn't been any other options for water. But that's all changing. The prayers of Rose and her friends for a pure, clean water source have been answered, and they are overwhelmed by God's goodness. This new water well is the result of the generosity shown by you, our Elijah Streams partners. The difficult journey to the polluted water source for Rose and her neighbors is almost at an end, and it's because of you. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. That is such a tragic story uh, for Rose having lost her daughter to go collect water with this long distance walk away and then she drowned. And so what a tragic story, but it's got a happy ending uh, that, uh, you know, of course that we, we believe that her daughter is with the Lord uh, and probably can see her mother has now got a nice fresh water well right there. And so her death was not in vain. If we could say it that way, the whole village is now being blessed in her honor uh, to have that local water well. So thank you so much for giving uh, into the, the well for Rose and for many others every three days, a new water well. So, uh, all right, it is time to bring in Fernando. So with the Prophets and Patriots here, here we go with the Prophets and Patriots. Fernando, welcome to Elijah Streams. It's nice to have you today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Thank you. Now, are you you're in the Dominican Republic? Is that where you are even now? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, so we're real excited to hear this story, and, and and I think before we get into or as as part of going right into this, I would love to hear the story of how you got into rescuing children. There must be a story. When I, 
I do know that what you're about to tell has a pretty interesting happy ending. Uh, so can I just turn that over? Tell us how you even began this journey of doing this. Well, that's a good question. Every time I have a person who wants to volunteer on human trafficking, I always ask, well, what's your story? Um, because if it's, they just say, oh, just to help or whatever, they easily be persuaded. You know, they probably help a day or two and then they stop. But if, if you have something that actually marked your life, yeah, then I will believe you, you know, that you will actually help. So my seed started when I was younger. I grew up in a domestic violence household. Um, mm. My father used to go in drunken rages and beat my mom, um, mm. myself and my other brothers. And um at the age of 13, I finally left my house and started sleeping in the streets and wow. eventually um, a graveyard uh, where it was nice and quiet. No one bothers you at nighttime, you know. So at that time, I wanted to always help my mom, but I couldn't because I was just a kid and my father, you know, was an adult, a monster. And those seeds of helping vulnerable women or vulnerable people, period, uh, started to grow, you know, and um, thank God a church was able to save me from the streets. And I just... Just wanted to help people more, you know, vulnerable than I. And that's, you know, the seeds of this started when I was a child. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah. So then now that's in your heart. Uh, how did you get from that to forming an organization? And, and literally there had to be a very first time where you went out. Uh, I assume you had help to go rescue. Tell us the story of the first the first rescue. Yeah, the first rescue uh, was actually um, an operation of walking through a, uh, a known street corner. And um, there was probably about uh, 10 or 12 victims. To this day, I still don't remember how many, how many it was because there was just a light on this one particular victim that was just shining on her. And um, that victim became my wife, you know. Whoa. Um, yes, uh, we have two beautiful children now and everything. Um, she is Dominican. And um, it was through her that I understand the mindset of victims. To this day, she's still not fully healed here. You know, you can rescue them physically from the street, but yeah. the real rescue starts here. And that's the oh, long wow. process. That process yeah. is that makes sense. Now you found the Lord somewhere in your life. That was that early on. You said a church kind of rescued you. Yes. Um, while I was in the streets, um, of course, you know, you're, you're um, homeless, you're hungry. And another team told me that there's a church on top of a supermarket called uh, ShopRite giving free pizza to the youth around the community, you know, to what? bring them in and preach the gospel. So I was like, all right, let's go eat, eat pizza and leave. Well, yeah. when I got in, um, I got filled with more than what, more than what's pizza. Yeah. I heard a message of a man called Jesus wow. who died for me, a simple, nobody homeless kid. Why, why would he die for me? And I just heard the message of love and I just got filled with that. Then the pizza, I don't remember, you know, how the pizza <laughs> tastes anything like that. And just that message alone hit me. Now, if the youth pastor was talking about condemnation or hell and stuff, I'm living hell. You're not telling me anything new, but he spoke yeah. about grace and love and it just something foreign to my ears. And you know? also I just, you know, from there on, um, I just served the Lord. Wow. That's so cool. Now, let me just come back to your wife, the, the one that you ended up rescuing. The, and of course you didn't know at the time she's going to be your wife, but yeah, no. <laughs> what, did you have 
did you go to a certain street corner to look for victims that you would rescue or was there was there a um, what would be a t were you searching a specific person or group of per persons or how, yeah how network yes yes okay. we were searching for a network we already have information and intelligence um on on that particular network and um she was you know happened to be there and when i was you know we got the rescue hearing her story and stuff just i felt like you know that you know before i didn't know that soulmates really exist but i really do now you know and well yeah i mean you described her as you saw uh, almost a special light on her yeah, that's fascinating yeah. that's yeah. fascinating well, you know, and you and you talked about uh, in her mind, uh, or any victims, mind, not just your wife, that that's where the rescue has to take yes. place. We we our ministry supports a bunch of anti-trafficking uh, ministries who help restore those. Yes. Um, but you know, this is the first we've had anyone on that's actually involved in the rescues. Um, there's so much that could be said and i was going to comment on this too as you mentioned it you know i i was in an abusive family and it was bad in every way but i always had food to eat i always had a bed to sleep in no one ever stole me away and i can imagine being a person who would be so empathetic but have no grid for being a rescuer because i had i mean when you lived on the streets you're already when you're out and about, you know exactly what they're going through. Because uh, mm -hmm. um, how many of these that you rescue? Um, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about, Fernando. Let, let me just ask it this way. Maybe give us a story, and it can be the very last one you did, the very last rescue, or the very first one that's so super significant beyond your wife. But, but, what, tell us a story that will kind of illustrate some of this stuff. If you want to hear the recent one, um, it's kind of the one that I spoke to in Mark Z. That's the recent one. So you know what it contains. It contains children, two yeah. years old, four years old, um, being, you know, raped, plain and simple, and being filmed and putting up in the dark web. Um, it was a German network, and we're still on that network because they're spread it all around the world. Um, but we got the ones from here, at least, and we was able to rescue those three kids from that um, German network. And at the same time, from a local Dominican local, we rescued three other kids that he was doing the same thing um, with his own kids, actually, too. Not only with a two-year-old, but with own kids. So um, that was the most recent one that was uh, a couple of months ago, I believe. And that particular, you, you must have been, because he was filming, so he was into this to make money from yes. not just pornographic videos, but horrific child rape videos. Yes, yes. Um, um, and what, what is it with Germany? You mentioned that. Has Germany got a special, uh, especially significant problem in this area of trafficking or what? Yes, according to the United Nations, they do their, uh, their um, child pornography or CSAM, child sexual um exploitation is very huge in Germany um, with, but they don't like do it there. They go to other countries and do it, but the, the filming in the, the, what you call it, the base, the main base where they get all um, store, store all the, the footage is in Germany. Yes. Can you kind of paint a picture for us and okay, you're going to rescue this one that's recent. 
paint a picture of what you had to know before you brought your team and how many were on this team. Kind of paint that picture so that we could visualize that in our head. Yeah, you would. We need to. They did, let's say, 176 hours of surveillance. The reason why I say not eight days, it was eight days, but some of the days was 32 hours straight surveillance because we have to pinpoint all the places they visit any trafficker, not only these, this group. We have to find out where they frequently visit, what they owe. Then we go undercover. We can either act like a interested client or um, what I play is a security personnel for a client that has a lot of money and he's looking for uh, little boys or girls or women. And they just give me all the information I need. All the information I need gets recorded on the phone or uh, some spy gear. Then we go to phase two. We bring it to the prosecutor. If the prosecutor did, well, this is something we can, you know, go ahead. We go for the, uh, what we say, the rescue mission. Rescue mission. Yeah. It could be anywhere from three to six months. It's that depends how large the network is. And then you're that's uh, you're you're preparing to to rescue them, and the rescue would take place. Is it all in one night? In a couple of minutes, you've affected it, or does it take place on lo- on multiple locations? Well, it, it depends on the network. Like Operation Catalea, which was last August, we rescued eighty women, eighty Colombian oh. women at the same time. That was fourteen places in three different provinces, and um, but it, it, we, it was about two hundred. Officers, prosecutors, agents, and everything involved in that rescue. Wow. Okay, that's massive, Fernando. Now I'm getting the picture of just how significant. So you have to. So you have three to six months or something in prep for for an op. Uh, so you don't just say, "Well, this, let's go get one this week and let's go rescue." So yeah, this is much more. Yes, Operation Catalea took nine months from start wow. to finish. Now, I mean, I saw in my notes that, of course, you're you're in the Dominican Dominican Republic. Uh, then, but do you rescue outside of yes. of Dominican? Yes, we do, we have in Colombia, Ecuador. I'm going to start ATB US pretty soon next year. Okay. Um, that that particular photo is when I trained 40 um, homeland security agents on human trafficking investigations. Really? Um, yeah. So, um, but I'm going to start ATB US pretty soon. What and and so when you're training our homeland security uh, people, who we think of them as being some of the best of the best, I guess, because uh, they're American, blah blah blah, you know. But but they're obviously they need what what kind of things are you bringing to the table that they don't know, or is it just everything? Uh, no, it's because things human trafficking especially after COVID evolved. Um, before it was easier to go to a place and you see the girls there with um, the trafficker, but now it's like you order them through a catalog, through the internet or through WhatsApp. So you need technology training, dark web training as well. And it's just a different MO. Plus I train departments, law enforcement departments, how to do it with low resources and little manpower. Because oh. most departments of human trafficking, they're the less resourced department around the world. It doesn't matter which country you go to. The human trafficking department is the less resourced department. So they have less money than all the yes. other departments, the less yes. less 
human resources to help, less exactly. policemen ready to help to jump in when the man. Can I ask you a question on whether this is in the Dominican or whether this is over here for the things you may have heard about this? Um, Fernando, what do, to what degree are law enforcement either there in Dominican or here or other places part of the problem? In other words, some of, they're involved in it too. What, what would you say about that? Oh, human trafficking would not exist in any country if there was not a corrupt officials it would not exist. It wow. exists because they are corrupt officials involved in the trafficking one way or the other. Every um, operation that I did, there was always a police officer or an immigration officer involved. Really? So there's always and then judges. What about that? Yes, they can be bought off or they can be one of the clients. So that's, oh man. Um, do you have stats in your head? Let's say you're starting to get to know the American situation. Do you know what the figures are? Let's say in the United States, how many children go missing, uh, probably into trafficking from the U.S. each year? From my head, no. Um, I and I'm not also I'm not into stats because yeah. I would say like, okay, you say 35 percent of this. How you know? Did you count each children? And if you did, where are they then? If you know where they are, you know. So yeah. I don't deal with stats, you know. Um, but I don't really, I don't really know. Um, I know that in the United States, what most traffickers or the method that most traffickers use is called the romance or boyfriend um, tactics, which they basically groom, or you can say grooming, groom the victim through Facebook or the internet. Um, they Because the teens nowadays, they just put their whole life on Facebook. So you will know that they have an argument with their mother like five minutes ago. So the trafficker mm -hmm. would use that. He would use it. Ah, oh, well, come outside. You know, meet me here. Let's, you know, forget that. Relax or whatever. And it's not the person you think you're talking to. You know, but in the United States, it's mostly they use the tactics. It's called like either boyfriend tactic, romance tactic, or grooming, whatever you want to call it. But you know, that's mostly what they use over there in the U.S. Is there? Um... What would you say? Because the parents, you know, I, I, I was I was thankful that we got all the way through raising our kids and now they're married before we nothing like that ever happened. But there are parents that lose their children. Is there are there a fundamental mistakes that they that people make as parents? Um, because I can imagine it's more it's different in third world countries than maybe some where they're supposed to be educated. Uh -huh. So the tricks and tactics are probably different. But what are the mistakes that the parents make um, in an educated environment? Let's say like Americans, how do they lose their children when they're supposed to be so aware of that? Well, children don't, don't are not born with a manual. That's first and foremost. And each person yeah. has their own thing, but you can do the, it could be an extreme either, or you can either be too strict and they like shell them, from the world and then that's what makes them want to go out more to see what are you shielding them from you know what i mean yeah, um yeah. it happens to a lot of pastors their their um their daughter or something come like rebellious or something because you're like shielding them too much or if you give them too much freedom like giving them a phone at the age of seven and they just start with youtube facebook and everything have already accounts at age of seven that's a mistake as well you know so it's like a street whatever extreme and then this would be like a balance in the middle some kind of way 
Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Um, Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Where do I want to go with this? Um, uh, you actually gave me a question to ask you, which was this one. What are some cases that hit home? So I don't, maybe you had something in your thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, besides the, the miners, um, the... Let's go back to Operation Catalea that it took for me, it took too long, but the prosecutors, you know, have their own way of thinking. The investigators always like bumping heads with prosecutors. But within that time frame, four different times of victims escaped. One of the oh, victims wow. escaped and she was gang raped and had eternal bleeding. Um, they even put um, you know, you know, I'm just gonna be blank, you know, they even put bottles where the bottles are not supposed to go. Um Another one came out with her mind like a five-year-old girl, you know? Oh, man. Uh, another one came out with, like, uh, she was trying to slit her own wrist, you know? So it was, like, just, it got me to a place that I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to sleep. I didn't want to do anything. I was just, I just didn't know what to do, you know? It just It's like you were, tra- you were personally traumatized. Yeah, because I was like, why aren't we doing the rescues, man? What's going on? You have all the evidence. But like I said, the judges and prosecutors need to think to have a longer sentence. You know, but as investigators, we think, you know, we have every, all the evidence they need. But the prosecutors and judges have a different mindset. But still, it just, just hurts. Like, you, why are we doing the rescue now? You know what I mean? So they're, they're wanting a longer sentence. So they want exactly. to capture more crimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they can charge him with more, therefore mm-hmm. a longer sentence, right? Yeah, fortunately, yes. Yeah, yeah you can kind of see that too, but I mean, that doesn't help the poor victim. No, it doesn't at all. Well, Fernanda, how have you dealt with the trauma? Because you're probably eating now. I mean, you know, you said you didn't want to eat, you didn't want to do it. Do, do, do you go in and out of that, or have you learned to deal with that more? No, sometimes it still hits. It's when, like, I thank God I have my wife that understands what I do, so she yeah. helps out. Um, and it normally happens when I doing the work of God, but forgetting God, you know, I'm not plugging myself back in. You know what I mean? Like, just like your cell phone, you can do all your work there, but if you don't plug it in, it's going to, it's going to, you know, the battery is going to run out. So my spiritual battery is going to run out if I don't plug myself back into God, you know, but I'm like so busy trying to do his work and, (laughs) <laughs> no, I can think about it all. Even, even in you know, my, my I have a pretty cushy job compared to rescuing. I mean, it's not a lot of trauma for me, but the exact same thing, right? If I if I get my heads in the what I'm doing, and I I don't spend time with the Lord, exactly, I totally, I totally get. It. Well, let me look at my list here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the the signs. And I guess there's two sorts of signs. There's signs that someone's being about to be a trafficker and there's signs that someone is being trafficked. Talk about what people, and then at the very end, we'll talk about how people can take this course and learn this in more detail. But what are the signs that someone is being trafficked? Let's talk about, uh, like I have a airline flight attendant who is represents, I won't say the, the name of her airline because he may not want me to, but she represents um, flight attendants in the, and training them to recognize traffic children. So she's a personal mm-hmm. friend. Uh, let's talk about what they would look for on, uh, as far as seeing that someone is being trafficked on an airline, on a flight. Would you know that? 
that kind of information? Yeah, yeah like for once, um, let's say I'm the trafficker and I have the female with me here or a yeah. kid. I'm doing all the talking. I don't, I'm not allowed on her to talk. You ask me or you ask her um, your passport, please. I get the passport and pass it to you. Um, like I'm controlling everything and she's not, you know, she's not even giving you eye contact or the kid or whoever it is, you know, they normally want to take control. You cannot say anything. Um, and this is like in the airline. So you can see that you can see that she's walking timid. Um, they, if he says, oh, that's my wife, but you don't see no affection, you know, there's, yeah. there's always telltale signs. Like I list the whole thing in the training there. But one of those is that they can't, they take control. They talk for you. And they uh, manage all your stuff. Money, they have all the money. You, that the person will never, the victim will never have money on them. It's the trafficker that will always have the money. You know, so it's total control, total control. Do the, um, you know, uh, are there people? And I haven't even asked my uh, flight attendant friend if she's ever affected a rescue right there, or you know, she had police waiting. So I don't even know the answer to that. But do some kids? Or even or young adults or adults that are being trafficked, do they get rescued mm -hmm. and caught and rescued while they're in the custody of the airlines? Do they yes. get stopped? They do. Yes. We had a um, 14 Haitian girls and boys that were at, at, at the air mails with them. Now they almost went through because it was a corrupt immigration person that was gonna, you know, put them through, but a Canadian. I think police officer that was also was going to go on other, he saw something weird there. So he called and they called us and we rushed over there. And then we, we saw that, yeah, he was, that person was trying to traffic those children to go to Mexico, uh, 14 Haitian boys and girls from the age of two to 14 to go to Mexico. Oh, and so they were able to rescue those kids. Yes. Yes. Do you get, I mean, obviously it's satisfaction, but do you get to see these kids realize then in the moment they've been rescued? I mean, did, can they even grasp it yet? Some don't, um, like adults, there's still some adults that's like, you didn't rescue me from what, what you rescued me from, you know, that the really? victim, victim, victimization, they don't, they don't understand that they're victims until it hits them. You know, they, they don't, they don't, from kids to adults. I mean, sometimes you look at as the enemy, you know, sometimes, if, especially if they got brainwashed long enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my goodness, man! What a what a complex thing. And your your course, talk about the course that you were gonna that you go ahead and and kind of give your spiel about the course that is available. It's like a ten dollar course. It's not like you're gonna charge people a bunch of money, right? No, it's ten dollars. Forty minutes long has downloaded materials, and um, I basically it was more um to fund my missions um because people wasn't donating, so I created the course to for People like me to understand it in layman terms, you know, um, I don't go into like hardcore definitions and stuff. I let you know what is human trafficking for everybody to understand what is human trafficking. Anybody can understand it from seventh grade or sixth grade to, you know, college professor, or whatever. But I put it in layman terms for people like me to, to understand it. And um, it gives you everything you need. You know, uh, what is the pro tra trafficker profile, the characteristics the elements of human trafficking, the common myths. There's a lot of myths of human trafficking. And I also give some bonus like COVID, um, what happened in human trafficking during COVID and terrorism and human trafficking as well. Well, yeah, okay. And it's a 40-minute thing, but then now they've got something because no, none of us 
you know, mere mortals that are walking around. We don't, this is not our area. I wouldn't have had a clue. You know, I probably was, isn't it probably true that all of us have seen a, a trafficked child, but never realized they were being trafficked. Would you think that would be true? Yes, because the movies and the television series doesn't do justice. Like we think there's always kidnapping or the victim will scream for help or something like that. And it's not true. You know, you, you can literally have your next door neighbor as a trafficker and stuff is having there. You will never know. And they don't scream. For... <sighs> no. So, man, you know, man. Oh, OK. Well, talk about anything else. Um, let me look at my list here. We did. We talked about the Germany thing. And do you know, by the way, where where America is on trap somewhere? I've heard that, that it's worse in in the U.S. than any other place. But is that true, or is that where is, are we really bad in trap? In other words, do, are there a, do we bring over a lot of victims into this nation? Is that is that what I understand is supposed to be true? Um, I don't get into politics too much, but there's something to that. Yes. Um, with uh, Mex Mexicans, Haitians, you have, I mean, you have a, a lot of immigrants that's coming in through different ways and they do get trafficked, either labor trafficking, because that's a thing, or sex trafficking. Um, so, the, like I said, statistics wise, I can't, I can't say, but it's, um, yeah. uh, I mean, it's pretty you maybe, maybe you don't feel freedom to talk about the border right now. Maybe that's too political. Uh, do you have to stay away from that conversation or can you talk about the border and trafficking? I would I would stay away, but it, it's what you're hearing is true. That's what I, I could say. What you're hearing is okay. true. And um, the, even the traffickers are coming through and continuing it. Um, you guys have a, a, a raise of Venezuelan um, victims coming in. Uh, we've seen it already in Philadelphia area. And, um, you know, George, Atlanta, North Carolina are big hubs of human trafficking. Uh, I mean, one of the largest, and, um, but Venezuelans are coming in and they're being trafficked as well. But again, you know, really don't, I'd stay away from yeah. political stuff. Sure, I understand that. Now the dark web, and I, we've all heard that term on the dark web. So apparently it's it's using the same computers and the same internet, but it's, it's where people get, it's not using our normal browsers. People get into the dark web through, uh, I don't know if it's a, if it's kind of a sort of, I saw one of your terms, there's a browser, I see the name. Yeah, Tor, T-O-R. T-O-R. Yeah, that's an onion. The, the, the other one says onion, and that's kind of like its own browser? Yes, it's, it's like its own operational system. Okay. You have to download the Tor, and then it's like an, another OS. So you're not going through Microsoft, you're going through the Tor network and it will change your VPN every two minutes or every minute. So it's like one minute you're in US, the other minute you're in Russia, whatever. It's, so it, and yeah. there you can find everything, everything. Uh, Is um, it basically, I mean, I, I see personally, I don't have any interest in, in, in getting into something that's primarily trafficked by traffic, pardon the unintended pun, but by by criminals they're all in the dark web uh, but if you want to get to the criminals to get them arrested you're going to have to be pretty good at the dark web right oh yeah because it's not like uh oh let me see um uh streamyard.com no it's like a bunch of words smashed in together and then you just got to find your way through it 
Um, you have to have automatic, you have to have Bitcoins or cryptocurrency because it's not through dollars or nothing like that. No PayPal, nothing is through cryptocurrency when you purchase or, or, or get a contract, like you can get a assassin there, you know, high, highly paid really? assassin. You can get drugs, guns, girls, boys, anything you can think of is in the dark web. Well, and then and if you are, do you do training to tell people even how to do that to help you or just law enforcement, just law enforcement, just law enforcement. Okay. Which makes sense. Makes sense. So how, what, what would you say to somebody then Fernando who says, you know what, I've been listening to this and I, it appeals to me to go to, to go in the field and help someone like Fernando and rescue children that, I mean, there are people that that's all that, that sounds I don't want to say exciting as if in fun mm -hmm. because I don't mm -hmm. mean that, but mm -hmm. I mean, in other words, they want to help. They're, they're really there for the long haul. What would you say to somebody? How would they know if they're a fit for that? And what would they do? Would they contact well, you? They can contact me or another nonprofit that does it because you need to pray about it. First of all, if they're a believer, because it's not for everybody. Um, yeah. I have, I know of Christian persons that they have gotten divorces from their wife because, uh, like I said, uh, excuse me, I'm very blatant, but sometimes when you're married long enough, the heat is not there. So when you do an undercover, these girls are trained to make you feel like a king, you know, and, and yeah. like you're the only person that exists and they do infidelity, um, infidelity not wanting to do it it's not in their mind to go but then it happens you know so you you need to be prepared here here and spiritually because it's not it's not for everybody so like i said i do i i got a couple of screw loose here so you know i can i can get into i've been into russian territory uh, russian mafia territory i've Whoa. been into haiti uh stuff like that so i'm I, I don't have fear but i have the spiritual side too you know so i yeah. see them as victims not as beautiful, sexy woman, you know, I see them yeah. as victims. Yeah. So it sounds like if it seems like because the, there's people that exist that I could never live like that because it's not I'm not put together. Like They would make great spies in Russia. They'd make good spies. The people that love being in the field, undercover work, really dangerous. That's kind of the person that would also work here, it sounds like. But you got to have a heart to really rescue children yeah if they want to do undercover because then we there's the victim services side of things you know that after the rescue like i said the most hard the the, the hardest part is you know try to get the victims at back to normal because my our job is to make victims into survivors so you know we're trying to get them out of the victim mode into the survival mode you know and it's a hard long process but with love and compassion like i got i won my wife over with love and compassion then she got saved but it was with patience and understanding you know i put my foot in her you know in her shoes and um she has a mental illness called um a borderline borderline okay. and um it's like abandonment issues okay. so like like right now i'm not with her so she would think that i'm abandoning her and um thank god like she doesn't think of suicidal thoughts like like before she got saved but she just gets animals like I have seven dogs. So um, 
probably I go I go back. There's a new dog there or something like that. But oh, man. that's yeah. not you deal with it, so it's fine. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. What I I think I want to ask you this before we close that I know that the the movie The Sound of Freedom is waking us all up, but it's probably very mild compared to the reality. They have to make it palatable for us to begin to wake up. What What are your thoughts about that movie? Good, bad, different. What what it's accomplishing? Uh, let me say. How can I say it? Um, <laughs> Choose your word. No, whatever you no. say. I, I just really want to know. So it's. Uh, I I appreciate the movie. So people people are more of awake and more of yeah. aware of it. Yeah. But the movie really made sound not because of the human trafficking issue. It made waves because Disney and Netflix and stuff was against it. So we are uh, U.S. is or, you know, a lot of people is rebellious. So don't tell me what to do in the woke movement. So yeah. they want to see it because Disney and Netflix tells you not to see it. They didn't want to see it because there's a human trafficking, because there's other human trafficking movies that did not make that more realistic, that they didn't make a, you know, splash. Yeah. But I appreciate the movie. Yeah. I appreciate the person behind the movie. Um, but, uh, it you know. It, it, it also had a couple of myths. It's a movie, basically. It's a yeah, movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? but well, you know, I, as a person that's on this side, I know I probably needed to see something that I could bear. I could bear to see. And that was a hard movie to see, even <laughs> when I knew going into it that it was super mild compared to what the reality is, right? It's really <laughs> super mild. But it helped me wake up. Yes. It helped me kind of go, man, this thing is real. There's literally was a girl and one day she's yeah. with her family smiling yes. and happy. The next day she's gone. Yes. That movie did that for me. It helped me realize that's, that's what happens. Yes. Well, like I said, it's probably much, much worse. So, but man, yes. anyway, so well, anything, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. That's where I'm here now. I'm actually on a mission. And that's why I always said that any nonprofit, including ATVs, needs the three d's which is donors doers and door openers so we need donors because unfortunately the money makes the world go around and the for us there's to keep a, get close is this, to, they, is this where they donate by the way yes yes okay so there's that okay so even get close to the traffickers you need to show money that's what they're interested in you know what i mean to save the victim is money gas hotels um uh, um uh, uh undercover equipment you know so donors we need we need uh door openers people that might not be able to donate but they know someone or they know someone that can help with let's say marketing or you know all oh, these guys can donate you know your 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 spy equipment stuff like that and doers which is the ones you mentioned people that want to get out there in the field you know so those three things is what makes a, a non-profit um function and yeah. i'm trying to bring as much victims back home this christmas as you and the viewers enjoy Christmas with your family, sitting down, dinner. I'll be working to try to get other families to get re reunite with, you know, their lost one, their loved ones um, this Christmas. And in order to do that, like I said, we need donors. We need, you know, to, to move around. And, um, yeah. yeah. And is it is it it's probably not one to one uh, that the more money equal more rescues necessarily. But mm -hmm. but but you do need the money for all the expenses and exactly. and how does it look right now like if when at your, at your next operation 
are your coffers kind of empty? Do they, does it need a bunch of money in there so that you can draw in or what? Well, this particular uh, trafficker, um, his woman that he has, including Ukrainian women, it's just to get in costs four thousand dollars. Just to get in. Just to get in. When you say in, his um, mansion. Okay, just so it's okay. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I see what you're saying. So you have to, if there was an undercover person, they need to have $4,000 cash. Just to get, to get in. in. Exactly. That's just one example. That's the one we're doing actually now. But it's just yeah. one example of yeah. you know, how the things are, you know, but... Again, like it's it's um, prayer is very important. This is a dangerous job, you know. Prayer is very important um, for us, for any any anti-trafficking nonprofit. Please pray. Because I'm so glad to hear you say that because I can tell that you're you're working to make sure you include those things. um, Because if you could have all said everything you else said, but if you didn't call for prayer, people then maybe would forget to pray. But you're saying no, no, no. We need we need prayer covering. Oh, you know, yeah. So, and you're told that you did have one stat um, that how many rescues have you been part of then? How many how many children or adults or people have been rescued? Uh, close to 250, more or less. Um, wow. Close to 250, about 50 something arrests and trains a lot of the law enforcement around the world in, wow. in intelligence um, agencies and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, um, I really want to encourage our viewers to give. They're pretty generous people. So I want you to encourage you to go into the antitraffickingbureau.org and donate into that. We're going to do that ourselves. And I want to make sure you guys have what you need there. So, um, and let us know. And if you get into a crisis point where you need to raise some more money, I, you know, I'm just going to say this out loud now. If you're really getting that tight and you need to get going, and the money's not there. Let us know. We might bring you back in. We'll, we'll, we'll do a Thank little you. bit of a fundraiser on there. So anything else you'd like to tell us before? Or? Yes. Um, my new book came out. It's called oh, Faith good. Lifting. Um, I sent um, you guys a photo. So it's. There, uh, see you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Faith Lifting. Good. Faith Lifting. Yeah. It's the about. Is... Oh, good. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Talk no, no. It's me. exactly that. A guide to strengthen your spiritual muscles. So I compare the two. Um, my, my, the Lord has called me to create books, uh, to certain audience that normally, um, the gospel doesn't reach to. So like I speak the language for weightlifters or gym addicts or CrossFit personnel. I speak their language there to, to, to preach the gospel so they can get a better understanding, just like Jesus did to the farmers. You know, he talked about the kingdom of God, like a seed and stuff like yeah. that. So he was talking to their level. So my books are going to come out, you know, to certain audience that normally um, the gospel doesn't reach to them because it's not like their language, so to speak. You know, but uh, even a Christian could uh, uh, a non gym personnel can um, read this book and get some insights of building spiritual muscle. Let's let's do this. And by the way, that had a name, Reverend Rambo or whatever. That's me. Yeah. That's you. That's your public. <laughs> people, people call me Reverend Rambo because I'm I'm an ordained minister. But since like uh, trained special forces and hand to hand combat stuff, so they be like Reverend Rambo. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. All right, now let's do this, Emily. We do have a, a ten to twelve photos that I'm going from memory here. Let's cycle through those and see if there's anything you want to say about them. Sure. It doesn't have to take more than a few seconds on each one, but there's that you and someone. 
Yes, my undercover agent. That's when we trained the HSI personnel. And this guy's with you. Yes, he's one of my uh, lead agents. Oh, okay. This is the arrest of one of the Germans that had the children. This guy's 80 years old. Are you kidding? Yeah. Okay, wow. And this was the youngest rescue, nine-month-year-old baby, uh, when we did the, the rescue, because the mother was um, trafficking or, you know, her own teen daughter. Her teen daughter had the baby, nine months years old, and when we did the rescue, that baby was alone in the bed, almost falling down. So um, thank God she was not um, violated yeah. anyway, but, um, you know, she was alone because the daughter, her mother was being sexually, you know, exploited by her own mother, oh, which is her, her grandmother. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Wow. And what's this? This is a safe home in Ecuador. Um, these are teens that have been sexually exploited and I went to give them self-defense training. It was on February 14th, Valentine's day. And I bought each one of rose to tell them how important and special they are. Nice. Nice. Okay. Next one. This was a rescue of 16 minors that was exploited by two traffickers. Their parents thought they were going to school, but they were not. They went to the traffickers house and the traffickers sexually exploited them. He had sexual photos of them because he groomed them through Facebook like a boyfriend. And um, he used it against them to do, you know, to do sexual um, acts. Now, when, had they been kidnapped and done this or were they going home every day? They were going home every day because not every victim is in chains. They were going right. home every day, but they were in chains mentally. Wow. For goodness sakes. Okay. This was one of the victims from Operation Catalea, which was the 80s victim, 80 um, or so victims that were rescued. Okay. She has her own salon now. This is a picture of a bate. A bate is a Haitian village within the Dominican Republic where the slaves came in. Um, we do events and they don't even have bathrooms to do their, their, their necessities. They go into the sugar fields and sometimes inside the sugar fields, the little girls, when they go to the bathroom, they get raped as well. So we try to uh, give gifts like we try to for this Christmas give gifts, but we couldn't, you know, able to raise the funds. But we give toys, food, school supplies and preach the gospel to them. Wow. Um, a lot of French uh, Canadians, they love to come down and get these boys or girls to have sex with them as well. Wow. OK. This was doing an undercover training. Uh, we had like. He had a bullet hole in his in, in his in his cheek. So we do um, disguises. We train law enforcement how to do disguises and stuff like that. Is this is it like a reenactment or something? Yes, like we um, put a bullet hole on his like chin. Um, then we like change him up. Like we teach him how to do a good disguises in a low budget. You know, in, in law enforcement agencies. Okay. Wow. Okay. This was the Dominican guy that. Uh, you know, sexually exploited his own kids and put it up in the dark web. Jeez. This was another group of 50 women in Ecuador that we had trained in self-defense. They're all victims of either uh, domestic violence or human trafficking. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay, Fernando. Thank you so much. I appreciate it again. Everybody, please be generous Thank in you. donating to this. Let's get just keep this ministry going. It's, I guess you consider it as ministry as much as a Yes. It is also your business, right? But it's a it's a ministry. So that's, how it's would you say? It? 
It's definitely a ministry because Jesus is right in the middle of it. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't do it. He called me to do it, you know, um, and I'm here. I could be making six-figure incomes right now in the United States. Yeah, I mean, you did. Really? Yeah, and but, you know, I'd rather be doing what I'm called to do than, you know, make money. I'm not here to make an impression. I'm, make, I'm here to make an impact. So that's Good what I'm here you, to do. Man. I appreciate it. Well, God bless you. We just really, uh, I thank you for your service. You know, you are in the army in so many ways, the army of the Lord. So, all right, have a great day, everybody. A quick reminder that Dr. Jan Helper Hayes will be with us on Thursday morning. So don't miss that. Thank you, Fernando. I appreciate it. A blessing. Thank you. Have a great day. See you You later. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.